Hello, true crime addicts. I'm Taylor. And I'm Kara. And this is A Latte Murder, a podcast where we have no idea what we're doing. But we continue to do it anyway. Grab a cup of caffeine. And join us for A Latte Fun. Here we go. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back. Another other episode. Episode 11. 11. Heck yeah. We have a medium topic today. <laughs> I was going to say a big topic, but last week was a big topic. Mm-hmm. My hair just hit the... I think our topic's pretty it's, big. It is big. It's well known. Yeah. Probably our most well known yeah. thing. It's just not like a serial killer. No, but there it's is different. murder. It's true. Lots of murder. It's true. What are we doing today, Kara? It was your pick. You get to announce. The Salem Witch Trials. Ooh. <laughs> spooky we should have if we were oh we should have done it during halloween yeah huh? i was like if we were doing it i mean we weren't recording them. dang i really screwed up we'll redo it oh, in okay. october no okay. one will remember okay well we always chit chat before anyway so kara what's your highs and lows of the week you're you already know <laughs> i know but the audience doesn't i'll start with my low okay <laughs> okay so today is sunday yeah just for a timeline here mm-hmm. so today is sunday on friday i got the email saying that i could sign up for my licensing test to mm-hmm. be a licensed professional counselor and i was like okay cool i'm gonna go sign up then and it was between tomorrow so saturday mm-hmm. doing it the next day or wait till june and i'm like well i don't want to wait till june Mm-hmm. So I impulsively signed up <laughs> for the next day. So as a lot of people would do. Yeah, because I'm not waiting till June. Yeah. So I signed up. I went to work. I studied when I got home. Called I got, me saying that you had to study a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh Saturday woke up early, studied, took my dog to the vet, studied more until I left my house at five o'clock in the evening because my test was scheduled for six fifteen. And I get there, and they say that their computers are down. So I crammed and stressed and had all the emotions <laughs> and didn't even get to take my test. Yeah, so sad. Yeah, and I was really ticked <laughs> off when I left. I, like, called Taylor, like, I'm so effing pissed. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. But yeah, I stressed for nothing, and I missed my friend's, like, event for nothing. Mm-hmm. And we could have podcast on Friday. Yeah. and. <sighs> Well, it's okay now. We just we have to live and let live. <laughs> so sad. It's okay. I'm hoping I can take it before June. They're supposed to be sending they better. Me a, they yeah. better let you. They're supposed to be sending me a reschedule email. So, mm-hmm. so hopefully, it'll be crazy if they don't let you do that. Very so sad. sad. Very well, sad. what's your high? I signed the lease for my apartment on Friday. <laughs> Yay! Kara's gonna move out. Not, not from my house. <laughs> she Cheers moving out. She doesn't live with me. <laughs> but yes, I am moving out of a place mm-hmm. and moving into a new one with just me and my dog. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited and it's really nice. I didn't show you like the videos of like when we walked through it on Friday. No, no. But I actually... I see you. That's true. Because I <laughs> actually got to walk through my unit. It's mm-hmm. a little townhouse. I got to walk through it. Um, I don't get my keys till the 26th, but... 
at least I was able to look at it yeah. and see it and prepare like mm-hmm. you know you it's not like walking in blind with all your stuff yeah and i guess like my unit got a whole new kitchen mm-hmm. so that's, that's really awesome. exciting yeah. my kitchen's really pretty yeah that's nice to start off with a nice kitchen and then if you move someplace else that has a crappy kitchen you're gonna be like what the heck well, i want my pretty kitchen <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's good i'm happy for you i'm excited i'm excited to come and visit and yeah, podcast now, now you're there. gonna have to drive like an hour yeah we're like an hour away now Oh, well. Well, what are you going to do? It's fine. I'll listen to audiobooks or podcasts. Just ours? <laughs> yeah, just our podcast. <laughs> Don't support anyone else. Just us. <laughs> but no, I, I need to start listening to more podcasts. I just don't because I have so many audiobooks I want to listen to. Yeah. That's cool. What are your highs and lows? Um, I should have been more prepared. I mean, I had a good week overall. Work was good. Saved some lives. Did you? I did. I you did. saved a life? Yeah. Did you resuscitate someone? Yeah. You did? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? I forgot. I was thinking about... I forgot <laughs> I saved a life. I forgot if it was like last week or this week. That's what I was thinking. That kicks my highs ass. <laughs> Why would you not tell no. me that? I mean, it was, it was a crazy... It was Monday, so that's, it seems like so long ago but yeah the the lady went into cardiac arrest in her hospital bed and i did chest compressions and eventually got her heart beating again so nice job thank you You i mean i wasn't the only one there but like you did it you're the one doing chest compressions (laughs) yeah so i did that i don't know what happened actually like after she was only in her 50s she wasn't doing well i don't know what she what her underlying yeah. problems were. I was just there when the resuscitation team came in. So were they just so. like, you, PA student, Yeah, chest compressions. Like, have you done chest compressions before? I said, not on a real person. And I said, okay, get up there. Oh, my God. What a risk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, I mean. I didn't know if you were, like, the only person in the room and you were like, oh, I guess no. this is happening. <laughs> no, I would have been like, get in here. But, um. You know what I did the whole time? Saying, saying, staying alive. <laughs> Once I was afraid, <laughs> I was petrified. It goes super slow. <laughs> so, I did sing that. It actually helps. So, if you ever have to do chest compressions, that's good. I didn't get told to, like, go fast or anything or slower. So, I must have been doing something right. <laughs> Once um, I was afraid. <laughs> I started singing out loud. I was like, oh my goodness. petrified. <laughs> But I, oh no, that's a vine where he's, he's doing the chest compressions. Oh, and smacks, smacks him. him. <laughs> I didn't do that either. Um, and then I guess my love was that I saw someone die, which is Aww. the other side of things. And that was my first time seeing someone die, so that was sad. But she came in like, like she her heart stopped working, so mm-hmm. I was kind of just trying to trying to get it back. This was another patient, but same day though. So it was a crazy day. What if but. her spirit went into the other lady's spirit? Yeah, we'll see. But that's so sad. Yeah. So I mean, I guess you have to see it all in medicine. Yeah. So it's a good experience to see. Sad, but mm-hmm. gotta get through it. So those are my highlights, both on the same day. Jeez. <laughs> but the rest of the week was it was fine. Just sutured. Saw some like some guy chopped half his pinky off. You're getting a lot of fingers finger, cut off. Yeah, there's a lot of finger injuries. 
I put an IV in for the first time and didn't blow the vein. That was wow, good. that's good. <laughs> I was happy. I was like, but the guy like started screaming when I put it in. I'm like, stop being a baby. You're fine. <laughs> um, oh, I hate IVs. Yeah, I know. I was like, I don't, I don't like needles, but. I don't like needles, but let me put one in you. Yeah, I can easily put one in someone, but I think now I'm, like, at the point where I'm over my fear of, like, doing things. Like, I'm not as shaky when I do things anymore. I'm just, like, nervous. I just don't like hurting I hope you're people. not shaking. If, like, somebody <laughs> was going to put an IV in and their hand was shaking, I'd been like, get out and get me somebody else. <laughs> no, I mean, I in the beginning, I would shake for, like, like on my surgical rotation. I'd be like, oh, my God, I can't do this. <laughs> It's scary. It's scary, but now I just don't like when people are, are in pain, yeah. like, and I'm the one causing the pain specifically. Yeah. It's scary so. being a student and doing things like that. So I remember my first client I ever had back in June, I think, and she came in with her mom, and which made me nervous because I was like, "Oh my gosh, now there's a parent here. Yeah, like this is my first time. Someone's like, watching you. oh man." So, thirteen-year-old girl, she comes back and she's like talking to me and whatever and mm-hmm. we're kind of building rapport so i was like oh so what you know brings you into counseling i read you know your intake so i have an idea but i want to hear it in her own words and then she starts sobbing like hysterically <laughs> crying and i'm sitting there like what do i do what do i do like, do i do i touch their shoulder nicely no no you don't touch anybody no you don't <laughs> no touch touching. anybody but no touchy no touch <laughs> what movie is that yes you do i do know but i don't know right now you're putting me on the spot i'm bad under pressure emperor's new groove oh my god i do know that. um no touchy no, touchy. no touch <laughs> but um if i ever teach counseling courses we're gonna yeah. watch that entire movie mm-hmm. just for that line yes but um you could just play a YouTube clip of it. No, we're watching the entire movie. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. She's fine. Yeah? I discharged her in January. She cool. Oh, good. Yeah, she cool. She got better. Yeah. A big progression. She cool. <laughs> She's living life now. Just because of you. Yep. Good she job. wrote me a little thank you card, and uh, that was really nice. Yeah, see? Yeah. You helped someone. Yeah. You helped. You helped those, I helped. those people. I helped. <laughs> My belly keeps making noises. I eat so much Thai food. <laughs> we have Thai food every week. Yeah. It's either Thai food or Chipotle. Yeah. Yeah, my, uh, I got Thai, this is the second week in a row, I think we got Thai food. Yes, it is. You're gonna hear my drink. We got iced coffees today. <laughs> Do you hear ice? That, yeah, for sure. It is beautiful outside. It is very nice outside for an Ohio day. Mm-hmm. All right, time to crack open the case. Start it. Start it up. Salem Witch Trials. Sources. History.com. <laughs> and a podcast I listen to called Psychology After Dark by Dr. Jessica Makono and Dr. David Morelos. And if you're interested, it's episode 14. Nice. I use history.com as well, as well as... um. A article called To What Extent Did the Crucible Accurately Portray the Salem Witch Trials by Anonymous. <laughs> there was no other name. I looked everywhere, but it was on WordPress. I thought it was Arthur Miller. Oh, no. The Crucible. I'm saying the article. 
Oh. Yeah, so I'm the I'm like, Crucible, I thought Arthur Miller wrote The Crucible. What are you talking about? The Crucible was written by Arthur Miller, which is also mentioned in here. Okay. But the article I read didn't have an Got it. Author. I thought you were saying The Crucible didn't have an author. I'm like, anonymous. Arthur Miller. <laughs> How'd you know that? He's anonymous. <laughs> oh, I just outed him. My bad. Oh my gosh. Okay. So. Go. All right. The origin of it. So, belief in the supernatural and the devil's practice of giving certain humans or witches the power to harm others in return for their loyalty had emerged in Europe as early as the 14th century and was widespread in colonial New England. So, between 1500 and 1660, about 80,000 suspected witches were put to death in Europe. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's a crazy amount. Yeah. I didn't look up anything in Europe, so... It's all new to me. (laughs) That's cool. I'll give you a timeline. Yes. So there's a harsh reality um, of life in rural Puritan community of Salem Village, which is present day Danvers, Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. but at the time included the after effects of a British war with France and the American colonies in 1689. Yeah. So after this war happens, you have a lot of fear of attacks from uh, Native American tribes, fear of smallpox epidemic, um, and just a longstanding rivalry with a lot of other villages mm-hmm. and towns and things like that. So there was a lot of fear going on mm-hmm. after that war. And religions. Time. Yeah, like, religion religions was a huge didn't thing. Get along, right. You know, so. Right. That was a huge thing for these trials. There was um, just a lot of fear going on during mm-hmm. this time. Oh, yeah. So, the trials were fueled by residents' suspicion of and resentment towards their neighbors and fear of outsiders. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it took place in Salem Village, Massachusetts, which is why it's called the Salem Witch Trials. Yes. Not related to Jerusalem's lot. (laughs) No. Salem's lot. No. (laughs) My Stephen King. Still reading that, by the way. (laughs) Oh, my countdown. Oh, yeah. What's your countdown? Still reading Salem's lot. Didn't read it all this week. Yeah. Eight weeks until graduation. Nice. We'll say two months. Two months. Two months. I wish I could have told you I passed my test. I <laughs> well, I knew you would have said that anyway. Mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. But, no, I, I like to say the Salem's Lot thing. Just because you hear Salem's Lot. Yeah. And it seems like it's... No, it's not Massachusetts. Yeah. And there's a lot of different Salem. It's Maine, right? Yeah. Wait. Does oh, it, and Doesn't Jerusalem, Jerusalem I think lot? so. Okay. And then there's, there's so many, like, Salem... Like, yeah. there's Salem, Ohio. There's Salem. Yes. Yeah. There was a Salem, Massachusetts, so... Nope, this is... Salem's Village, yes. Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Not Salem's Lot. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. I'm always good with the clarifications. <laughs> the stupid ones no one even thinks of. So, I wanted to include the timeline of kind of what was going on in Europe way before this happened. Because what goes on in Europe before all this is really important to how this started mm-hmm. in Salem's Village. So, between 1306 and 1350, the Catholic Church tried to eliminate the Knights Templar. What's that? So, also from History.com, the Knights Templar was a large organization of devout Christians during the medieval era era who carried out an, an important mission. So, the mission was to protect European travelers visiting areas in the Holy Land while also carrying out military operations. So, they were wealthy, they were powerful, they were mysterious... And they fascinate historians and the public for centuries with tales about the Knights Templar. 
So they're just a big organization. Okay. Of <laughs> devout Christians. Gotcha. So because they're devout Christians, the Catholic Church tries to eliminate them mm-hmm. because, you know, there's, like you said, lots of religious... Um, um, there's lots of religious turmoil going yeah. on at this time. Yeah. So the Catholic Church tries to eliminate them. Yeah. Anyone that gets in their way. Mm-hmm. So in the 1340s, the Black Death. We, we know about that. Yep. <laughs> Are we living it? Basically. Basically half. Basically half Black Death here. Yeah. So, of course, that was a huge... Mm-hmm. Was, it, was it a pandemic or an epidemic? I would say... A- Pandemic. A pandemic. This was a pandemic, so I think it would be the same. Okay. It was a huge plague. Well, yeah. And of course, that was part of the big fear mm-hmm. that was going on. Um, in 1486, there was a book published titled Malleus Maleficarum, which was written by clergyman Heinrich Kramer, which was a guide on how to hunt down witches. Ooh. Yeah. So, for more than 100 years, it was the biggest selling book besides the Bible in Europe. So, this was basically a how-to guide on how to find witches, Mm -hmm. detect witches, track them, kill them, all that. Everyone wanted to know how to do that, I guess. So, that happened. So, between 1500 and 1560, witchcraft trials and the Protestant religion was growing. Mm Mm-hmm. In 1542, England passed the Witchcraft Act, which basically, I think, was just them like, we can do this. We can kill witches. It's okay to do so. Yeah. Um, In 1560 to 1570, witch hunts were occurring all around Europe. In 1610 and 1630, there was the greatest amount of trials in Europe. In 1640, there was a huge wave of trials specifically in England. In 1660, there was another wave in Germany. And in 1682, the last two witches were hanged in England, and this was 10 years before Salem. So Salem didn't get the message right. that they stopped doing that. Right. <laughs> Salem didn't know. Yep. In 17... Right. <laughs> in 1736, the English Witchcraft Act was repealed. In 1755, Austria ended the trials. And in 1760, Hungary ended them, too. But in 2011, a woman from Saudi Arabia was beheaded because she was accused of being a witch. So that's just pr- that's only ten years ago. Yeah. Saudi Arabia doesn't didn't get the message either. Then no, I guess not. But they didn't hang well, her; they beheaded her. So they wanted to, I guess, be extra. Yeah, for real, careful. extra aggressive. Yeah. So I wanted to add that in because mm-hmm. that's a a huge part of European history that I didn't even know about. Yeah. You don't learn about it when you learn about, like, the Salem Witch Trials. No. Yeah, it's creepy. Because all that was going on, and, and I didn't realize there was that book that was mm-hmm. like, hey, here's how you find a witch and kill it. Yeah. These are the signs to look out for. Yeah. Someone doesn't believe the same religion as you, they're definitely a witch. witch. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. So. I don't know. That is, it's wild to think about now, but like people believe even crazier things now, I think too. So we can't really say, right? you know, right. that they're crazy and we're not. Um, yeah. So do you have any more on origin? Um, so I just have similar things. So obviously they believe, people believe that it was supernatural or devil practices that were going on. Like Kara said, 
and all I had was that it was widespread in colonial New England. So, um, it's a huge thing in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, huge thing. Um, so then, like, obviously, all of Kara's what Kara said added fuel to the fire of the suspicions and resentment that ended up in Salem, and all those things that were going on. So, like, mm-hmm. the smallpox and. The attacks from Native American yeah. tribes and religion. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. They're just under a bunch of stress and had, like, that was their outlet of, like, trying to blame someone for mm-hmm. something that they couldn't explain at yeah. the time. So, you may have read The Crucible in high school, so we'll talk about that a little later, but that's a play written about the sandwich trials, and that'll be towards the end. I'll talk about how accurate it is to what we actually, the whole case of it. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. That's all I have for origins. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so, the start was in January of 19... 19... <laughs> nope, we're way back. 1962. <laughs> yeah, that's what I kept typing. Me I too. Think, too. Me too. I'm like, so long ago. 1600s. January 1692, nine-year-old Elizabeth Paris... Paris and 11 year old Abigail Williams, the daughter and niece of Samuel Paris. So, Elizabeth was the daughter, Abigail was the niece of Samuel Paris, who was a minister in Salem Village. They began having these fits, which included violent contortions and uncontrollable outbursts of screaming. So, they really didn't know what was causing this. Mm-hmm. And the local doctor, William Griggs, diagnosed bewitchment. And then other girls in the community began to experience similar symptoms. These included Anne Putnam, Mercy Lewis, Elizabeth Hubbard, Mary Walcott, and Mary Warren, which are names that pop up in the Crucible, so if the names sound familiar, that's probably why. These names are pretty well known. And Arthur Miller, the author of the Crucible, uses, like, the same names. Mm. I thought it was anonymous. Anonymous. (laughs) Anonymous. You're outing him again. Yeah. Um... So, in late February, arrests were warranted uh, because of... Oh, sorry. So, in late February, there was a warrant for the arrest of Tatuba, who was Paris's Caribbean slave, um, along with other women who are homeless and poor, such as Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne, who was an elderly woman in the community. So, do you have anything else? <laughs> I don't want to, like, get too ahead. No, so. I just have that um, the three women, so... Sarah Good, mm-hmm. Sarah Osborne, and Tuba. Is it Tuba? Tatuba. Tatuba. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Were brought before the magistrates, Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. So they were questioned, and during their trial, the the accusers were in the court and began to display spasms, contortions, writhing, and screaming in the middle of the trial. So this was the girls that that originally yeah. accused them. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Good and Osborne denied that they were witches, mm-hmm. but Tatuba confessed. Mm-hmm. And she saved herself by acting as an informant. So we see this in, like, modern day. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, if you lessen my sentence, I'll give you other names. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we see this a lot in false confessions, Mm -hmm. which I don't believe that these women were witches. Like, I don't believe (laughs) this was, like, a thing. I don't either. So, you know. Please email us if you believe that they were witches. (laughs) What'd you say? I said, please email us if you believe they were witches. And and your arguments. Yeah. Um. This is kind of what's happened with Tatuba. Mm-hmm. She obviously is not a witch, yeah. but she false confesses to save her life, mm-hmm. and she acts as an informant, so she claims that there were other witches acting by her side mm-hmm. in the service of the devil against the Puritans. 
And honestly, this this is what makes the most sense to me out of this. Like, that Tatuba, she's one of the only black women probably in the mm-hmm. community, and she's a slave to a family, so she's probably not treated super well. Right. So she doesn't really care to throw under people under the bus. She's like, She's like, if I can save myself, because I know they don't care if they kill me, I'm going to throw, you know, these white women that are re- mean yeah. to me anyway. That's probably true. Yeah, so... Not that I know that that happened, but it, like, makes sense to me that why, like, her of all people mm-hmm. would just throw some names out there. Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. So, of course, I have a wave of hysteria spreads through mm-hmm. this colony and, and actually through Massachusetts itself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a widespread thing. Let's add another <laughs> fear yeah. into everybody's brain. Kind of feels like 2021. Yeah. <laughs> 2020. Yeah, so other women were accused, Martha Corey and Rebecca Nurse, mm-hmm. who were both upstanding members of the church and community. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Good's four-year-old daughter was also accused. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another thing for Tatuba, because um, she doesn't come up much anymore in the case, just because she, you know, gives the names and is kind of like, yeah. I think she's put in jail or something. But um, So when she admits to her guilt, she tells the court of the other women who she said are witches, she told vivid stories of how Satan had revealed himself to her, and she said she signed the devil's book with her own blood and had seen the marks of Good and Osborne, the women that she accused, right there beside her own. So that's how she knew that they were witches, too. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and that's what happens with false confessions, mm-hmm. is people just make up these stories, yeah. which sound real. Yeah. I mean... She's like, I signed their name. They were right there. I would... Obviously, they I did. would assume that signing your name in blood in the devil's book would be the way to do it i don't know (laughs) if i read the old wise tales that's what it would say you know like yeah like truck just drove by yeah (laughs) um so many of the accused confessed and named others and the trial began Mm -hmm. so we've seen this in countless cases where people just keep naming people yeah and throw innocent people under the bus Mm -hmm. and then they start naming people yeah because how else are you going to save yourself yeah and like all these people are innocent at least from what we can tell like so many years Mm -hmm. later right like obviously they're not witches but you know i don't know if they're guilty of anything else Mm -hmm. going on in the community but yeah, all these people are innocent, and they just keep throwing more and more innocent people into yeah. the mix of it all. Yeah. So, crazy. the judges in the trials were Hawthorne, Samuel Siwa, and William Stockton. Mm-hmm. The first convicted witch was Bridget Bishop, and she was hanged on June 2nd, eight days after her trial at Gallows Hill in Salem Town. Mm-hmm. Which you can still visit today. Mm-hmm. She was also known as a gossip and sexually promiscuous hmm. which i think also kind of Why plays a hand in yeah. oh she's a witch because yeah. these are the olden times mm-hmm. where don't be sexually promiscuous <laughs> yeah or gossip yeah that's what people didn't like and later when i talk about the crucible there's an element to that in the crucible like oh being promiscuous or cheating and lying mm-hmm. and that's why people got you know accused because yeah. they didn't like them mm-hmm. um so yeah it's definitely for the most part, women that were accused were either had a bad rap, rap in the community mm-hmm. or they, you know, were, like, promiscuous or gossip or yeah. whatever. But then there is some churchgoers, as you said, so. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. For sure. Yes. Um, so I have, like, the five most notable women that were hanged in the Salem Witch Trials. 
and their stories, well, their cases. <laughs> so Bridget Bishop, which Kara mentioned already, was a local widow. She, The prosecutor assumed her case would be easy to win because she had been accused of witchcraft more than a decade earlier. Oh, snap. Yeah, and that's so that's when that, like, all was going on in Europe. Yeah. So there was obviously some allegations going on in Salem at the same time, but she was acquitted because of lack of evidence, mm-hmm. but then, like, all these laws passed, it was okay to kill witches and stuff like that. So she also fit everyone's idea of which she was, like, on the older side, poor and argumentative, so she didn't mind speaking her mind. Oh, Right. <laughs> Women can't speak their mind Yeah, at this exactly. Time. So they're like, oh my gosh, she said, she talked back. She's a witch. So, ten witches. Damn, we have a lot of witches <laughs> during this time. For real. Um, I would ten- have gotten killed at least a billion yeah. times by now. <laughs> at least a billion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, ten witnesses testified against Bishop, and she was quickly found guilty and sentenced to death. Um, she was taken to Proctor's Ledge near Gallow Hills and Salem and hanged by the neck until she was dead. And that's, the, like, what the report said mm-hmm. of the sheriff, the sheriff who escorted her to the gallows. Um, Sarah Good is the second, so this isn't just all the women, because there's, you know, mul- not just five women, but these are the ones people know the names of the most, mm-hmm. um, and the stories behind them. Sure. So Sarah Good, she... So there's this thing called spectral evidence. I don't know if you discuss that later or not in your notes. Um, but so in the yeah, I do. Okay, <laughs> in the courtroom, spectral evidence means is just like the visions or dreams of people, and they were using like if I said, "Oh, I had a vision," or if I had a dream that this person came and and attacked me, they were using that as like, "Oh, that's proof that this happened." So, spectral evidence was used in court, and um, people said that ghostly figures that were uh, from Sarah Good were sent to afflict um, the girls that were experiencing this pain and stuff. So, there's this dispute that the devil could send a shape of an innocent person to afflict harm on others. So, then there's this whole other side of things where they're like, well... Maybe the devil is just using innocent people like Sarah Good to do the dirty work. So, like, how can we convict her for that kind of thing? Which is an interesting way to look at it. But yet, they still convict them. June 28th, Good was quickly convicted and sentenced to death. Several afflicted girls claimed Good's specter, which is, like, that spectral evidence, attacked mm-hmm. them. And Tatuba and several others had named her as a fellow witch in their confessions. Claiming she flew on a broomstick and attended witches' gatherings. So Tatuba's basically like, yeah, we all meet in the woods. And she was there. <laughs> like, she was at and the we meeting. And fly on broomsticks. <laughs> Which I Way to be basic <laughs> and stereotypical. I looked up, like, why they, why they think witches fly on broomsticks. It was just, like, this one guy, like, years and years and years and years ago said that he was a witch and he flew on a broomstick. So it just kind of stuck. Seems pretty empirical. <laughs> Seems like it holds a lot of fact yeah, to it. Yeah, so there's, like, no real reason why they they fly on room six. Okay. Um, Good to know. Yeah. Do you know his name? Um, No, I had it in the article, but I didn't write it down. I was going to say that'd be a good piece of trivia. Oh, yeah, that would be. Um, July 19th, Good was carted to Gallo Hills, Gallows Hill and executed along with Rebecca Nurse, who is also a church-going grandmother. And three other convicted witches were killed um, during that hanging. Um, the third is Susanna Martin. 
she didn't even live in Salem, oh, <laughs> but no. lived in Amsbury, and she had been accused of witchcraft before, just like um, Bridget Bishop. So about ten years earlier, she was said like people said, "Oh, you're a witch," and she got off because of lack of evidence. Her bad reputation spread to Salem by nineteen. 19- Nineteen, sixteen ninety two. Disclaimer: If we say nineteen sixty two or nineteen sixty three or anything like that, just, just no, we yeah. mean sixteen. Yes, ninety two. We're in the sixteen hundreds. Sixteen hundreds. Um. So this news spread to Salem by sixteen ninety two, when the four of the afflicted girls in Salem accused her by name, claiming her specter had attacked them. Um. And the courts. The court asked the girls how they knew the specter was Martin's, and they said, oh, she said her name was Goody Martin, and she was from Amsbury. <laughs> Seems so, legit. Yeah. Like, witch. Interesting. She's a witch. Yeah, and the girls didn't even have to, like, point her out in a crowd to say, like, who, that they knew who she was. So, despite the lack of evidence, she was convicted and hanged July 19th, the same day as Sarah Good. So, the fourth woman, Martha Carrier. So, the court met for a third session in early August of 1692, where I heard the case of Martha Carrier of Andover. And Andover ends up being the home of more accused witches. I don't know why they like to pinpoint Andover. Hmm. They didn't like them there. Oh, snap. <laughs> um, her family was unpopular, and they were thought to have brought smallpox to Andover. So, they didn't, just didn't like her. Carrier also had two teenage sons who were interrogated and tortured until they confess to witchcraft themselves and their mother's witchcraft. Oh, no. So it's like, I mean, we obviously talked about those that too. Like, like the false confessions. Yeah, false things, confessions. Yeah. And they're literally torturing these kids. Ugh, okay. And then Cotton Mather, um, who was, I don't know, a judge or something. Mm-hmm. He called Carrier a rampant hag. Oh, okay. <laughs> who aspired to be queen of hell. <laughs> what an insult. Um, you are the queen of hell. <laughs> I'm gonna start. Hag. I'm gonna start using that. In <laughs> a rampant hag. Quit acting like the queen of hell. <laughs> oh goodness! So the court convicted Carrier in the same session as two prominent male victims of the witch hunt, who were John Proctor and Reverend George Burroughs. So there was men who were convicted mm-hmm. of being involved in the witches, like be knowing yeah. there is witches and stuff like that. Um. So, on August 19th, Carrier, Proctor, and Burroughs, and two other men were sent to the gallows, so Martha was the only woman that was hanged that day for witch trials. Then Martha Corey was, is the last female that was noted. She is far from the usual su- witch suspect. She was a covenant member of her church and considered an upstanding member of the community. She attracted suspicion after she stopped her husband Giles from attending one of the early examinations of the witch trials. Even going so far to hide his saddle. <laughs> so he couldn't ride to... That's funny. Which I just was like... I put LOL out. <laughs> it's so funny to think about like... You know, nowadays like hide someone's keys. keys. I hide your saddle. saddle. You, can't go. <laughs> you can't ride. That's funny. So she just didn't want her husband involved. Which would make sense, I think. But no. That's suspicious. Because women can't do anything in this time. <laughs> Is that going to be our title? Yeah. Women can't do anything. No. Hide the saddle. <laughs> yeah. Hide the saddle. <laughs> She's like the guy on the freaking horse. Yeah, for real. There's so many. So much horses. <laughs> so much horses. So, so many much horses. <laughs> we went to college. Yep. 
still still in school mm-hmm. <laughs> haven't learned it all yet Mm-mm. um and one of the afflicted girls accused martha of bewitching her and turning her blind which that's an interesting story too i'm pretty sure this girl was not like just acted blind and she wasn't blind. oh i thought you said blonde <laughs> She dyed my hair blonde. Oh my god. I thought you said blonde. <laughs> blind. Oh. Blind. <laughs> Can't see. I was like, she turned her blonde. She just came out. <laughs> they didn't have hair dye back then. That's why I was like, how did she do that? <laughs> she is a witch. She's for sure a witch. <laughs> did she like stay out in the sun really, really for a really long time until it turned blonde? She was like, Where? what happened? <laughs> Whereas I'm sure they had bleach or something. You dunk your head in a bucket of gas. But no, blind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't think this girl is actually blind. She just said is she, she blonde? Was, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know who it is, so. I was like, that's such a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> she turned me blonde. <laughs> yes, interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, Martha had a defiant attitude, which worked against her, obviously, because men don't like that. Giles, her husband, refused to corroborate. Corroborate. (laughs) Corroborate. Thank you. You're welcome. Her testimony. So Giles actually testified against her and said, yeah, my wife's a witch. I'm convinced. And then he himself was uh, accused of Mm -hmm. being involved in the witch, witch trial, or the witch, I don't know, like their stuff going on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so less than two weeks after Martha was found guilty and sentenced to death, Giles, her husband, was pressed to death mm-hmm. by stones after he refused a plea deal. So on September 22nd, Martha went to the gallows along with seven other convicted witches, mm-hmm. and that would be the last of the hangings of the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah, so, so I have in total 150 men, women, and children were accused, mm-hmm. and 18 people were put to death. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. It's... I, I, that's like a, I mean, that's a lot of people to especially hang, mm-hmm. like, you know. Mm-hmm. They did, a, like, a big event for it, you know. It wasn't just, like... Yeah, it was public hanging. Yeah, it was, like, oh, today's the day to come to Gallows Hill and see it. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. So there were different tests that they would do to see if somebody was a witch. So there was the swimming test where they basically... Mm-hmm. Did they just tie people up or did they weight them down? So they... I'm pretty sure they tied like you know a brick or stone or something okay so they weighed them feet. down yeah okay so and said if you get out yeah innocent, you're a witch. <laughs> innocent people sink and die and people who live through it are witches <laughs> just think about that yeah. for a second damned if you do damned if, if you, you don't, don't. <laughs> second test was they had to cite scripture or the lord's prayer mm-hmm. and any stumble would mean that they were a witch george burroughs who was just somebody who was accused cited it perfectly while standing at the gallows but he was executed anyway because they thought it was the devil's trick (laughs) could you imagine being up there yeah like just he's like i gotta do this right and then he does it he does the lord's prayer perfectly nope it's just crazy they just they just wanted to Mm -hmm. i mean it's the hysteria like you said like people are freaking out and Mm -hmm. they're just they don't trust anything so there was also these things called devil marks, and mm-hmm. you brought this up when you talked about Tatuba accusing Good and um, the other Sarah Osborne. Yeah, I think, yeah, Good and Good and Osborne. Mm-hmm. But really, anything could be seen as a devil mark. Yeah. I mean, it was basically like if they wanted you guilty, they were you gonna were going to be guilty. Yeah, they're going to find a way. Yeah, 
yeah, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I that's all I have for basically the you know the main trials and yep. hangings. Um, Cotton Mather, who I mentioned earlier, and Increase Mather. What names those are? Cotton <laughs> and Increase. <laughs> I like read it, and I was like, "Is that a name?" Well, yeah, increase? because when I read it, Increase was like the start of the sentence. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, Increase what? <laughs> increase Mather. What does that mean? <laughs> so don't name your kid Increase. Um, no offense to anybody out there named Increase. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've never heard that name before today. So sorry, the 1600s. Yeah. Um, they stated that there needed to be equal evidence of witchcraft mm-hmm. to convict as with any other crime. So they're like, you know, you can't convict someone for witchcraft just mm-hmm. because you think this or right. someone says that they saw their specter or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to change the standards to match um, that for convicting people. And they said it would be better that 10 suspected witches may escape than more innocent per- than one innocent person be condemned. Yep. So. They they were trying to make it a little bit better. <laughs> um, I have, so... <laughs> Keep going. Okay. You're good. Okay. Governor Phipps, Phipps dissolved the court. <laughs> so the court of Oyer and Terminer in October and mandated its successor disregard spectral evidence, which is what we talked about, the dreams and visions. Mm-hmm. So the court of Oyer and Terminer were basically the court that they made up for these, like, mm-hmm. testifying... And trying witches. I don't know why those names. Like, I, I wrote the definition of them somewhere. But I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Warrior and Terminer. Okay. So then the trials continued to dwindle in intensity until 1693. And by that May, Phipps was pardoned and had pardoned and released all those in prison who had witchcraft charges. In January 1697... The Massachusetts General Court declared a day of fasting for the tragedy of the Salem Witch Trials, and the court later deemed the trials unlawful, and the leading justice, Samuel Seawall, publicly apologized for his role in the process. I was like, good job, dude. Good job for finally saying it was wrong. Mm -hmm. That doesn't do anything for the families that suffered. Yep. So... I have that the damage to the community lingered, but after Massachusetts colony passed legislation restoring the good names of the condemned, and they provided financial restitution to the families in mm-hmm. 1711. Finally. Something. Yep. And then I have, of course, Arthur Miller or Anonymous dramatized mm-hmm. the events of 1692 <laughs> in his play The Crucible, which came out in 1953, and he used it as an allegory for the anti-communist witch hunts led by Senator John McCarthy in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. So, as Kara said, The Crucible was written by Arthur Miller, a.k.a. Anonymous, in <laughs> 1953 about the Salem witch trials in 1692. Um, he used it as anti-communist, which Kara mentioned. Um, so, there was during this time, it was like the Red Scare during the Cold War and thinking the communists are going to take over the United States. So he wrote, he wanted to bring back the Salem Witch Trials and point out, like, hey, look what they did back then. Look how big of a tragedy it was. You're basically doing that now with this, you know, hunting for communists Mm -hmm. and, like, trying to convict people that you think are communists. So Mm -hmm. he was just trying to, like, point that out to everyone. That's why he brought up um, the Salem Witch Trials again. Right. So hopefully... Most of you may know the Cold War was between the Soviet Union and the United States. The Soviet Union had communism at the time. 
and you know this ongoing battle that wasn't a battle battle <laughs> like you know in person fighting battle mm-hmm. <laughs> um so arthur miller doesn't claim to be completely accurate in his depiction of the salem witch trials because obviously we don't know all the ins and outs we right. don't like we only know what history has laid out like in you know court documents and like that stuff but oh, we don't and in hocus pocus yeah hocus pocus obviously great movie i don't think it was out when arthur miller wrote this no, but you know <laughs> but they yeah. got hanged in salem they did just saying they did so he didn't he does accurately use the key players of the trial so that's why you'll probably recognize some of the names if you've read the crucible so most of the names are correct however the characters interactions are overly dramatized which makes sense in a book, and that's typically what happens right. with any historical fiction novel mm-hmm. or something like that. It's believed that Miller's depiction of the church-based Puritan society that's in the Crucible and the aftermath of the trials on the villagers was accurate. So, like I said, he used, you know, they how they used church and how they were blaming people and how there was, like, this big religion clash, and that seems to be accurate for the times in his play. Um, the characters in the story are forced to attend church and are not able to deviate from social norms often. So again, which is accurate for that time. And the women were looked down upon during this time because men were the ones calling all the shots. So that's why a lot of women were executed, especially when they spoke out against, you know, whatever it was at Mm -hmm. the time. So the crucible also accurately displays the fate of the accused, the family devastation, and the change in politics after the Salem trials. So, you know, how families felt afterwards if their their loved one was killed and how they learned from the experience and, like, after all, all that came about from it. So the biggest error, which is, like, not even, I don't know, not a big deal, I think, but I think it's funny. So the biggest error in the Crucible were the two main characters, actually. Abigail Williams, who you heard mentioned earlier. She was one of the girls that had an illness that says that it was from bewitchment. And John Proctor, who was one of the husbands of Elizabeth Proctor. I don't, I don't, I forget where they fall in the story. But <laughs> Abigail Williams in the play is a 17-year-old girl orphan who is the niece of Reverend Samuel Paris, which the niece part is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and she once was in the story, was the servant for the Proctor household. So she, you know, cleaned so his, her them. So in the story, his niece was the server, like the servant. So, yeah. So Abigail Williams, the niece of Samuel Paris, who is the reverend, uh-huh. was the servant for the Proctor household. So oh, got it. John okay. Proctor and Elizabeth Proctor. Okay, got it. She was their, like, household help. You know. Okay. Okay. Um, and then Abigail seek to seek revenge on Elizabeth Proctor after Elizabeth fires her after discovering an affair with John Proctor. So basically, what they're saying is John slept with Abigail, the seventeen-year-old, and Elizabeth found out and fired her. So then Abigail in the story says, "Oh, Elizabeth Proctor's a witch because basically right. She's getting trying back. to get revenge." Yeah. On. Okay. Got it. Um, later in the play, it turns out that um, Abigail, like, she takes off with money and disappears from Salem, only be only to be discovered as a sex worker in Boston. So that's kind of, like, how that whole scenario plays out in The Crucible. Mm-hmm. But in real life, Abigail Williams was only 11 years old 
So whatever illness was that happened to Elizabeth and Abigail Paris, Abigail was only 11 at the time. She never recovered from her illness and actually died when she was 17. So even though we don't know what the heck caused yeah. this, she there was an actual illness that was happening. Um, and then in the play, um, John Proctor is 35-year-old stern, harsh-tongued man who is guilty of a sexual relationship with Abigail. But as you know, Abigail's 11 in the real story. Mm-hmm. And John Proctor is actually 60 in, like, when the whole Salem trials were happening. And he was hanged, just as in real life, as he was in the play. Mm-hmm. And, but he never had a relationship with Abigail. So Got that it. was the biggest, you know, dramatized thing yeah. in the story. Right. So. Cool. Yeah. So most of it's pretty accurate if you want to hear, like, you know, about the Salem mm-hmm. Witch Trials. There's a movie, too. It, yeah. yeah. So, if you want to watch or read about it, you know, it's a good story. Just know that the the ins and outs of it yeah. are all the same. Of course. So, yep. So, I was curious about the mass hysteria mm-hmm. that was kind of going on. And so, my brain went straight to psychology, of, of course. course. <laughs> and so, let's talk about the psychology around yeah. the Salem Witch Trials. So, all this information I got from the Psychology After Dark podcast which okay. I cited earlier, and of mm-hmm. course, it's episode 14, if you're curious. So, usually when there are hard times, people seek out scapegoats and people that they want to blame. Everyone just wants to blame mm-hmm. even someone now. for something. Mm-hmm. Yep, even now. <laughs> and so, like we said, there at the time, there was a lot of hostility and fear around smallpox, mm-hmm. the Black Plague, you know, mm-hmm. happened earlier. Um Native American tribes mm-hmm. going in and killing these people. And so there were a lot of threats that were going on at this time. So people who are blamed are usually easy targets. So during this entire time, they target single and elderly women who may have been widowed. And then with the single women part, it's like women can't be single. Yeah. So Especially older women. They should be married and right, settled down. Right. So single women or elderly women were targeted. And so one of the conspiracies is that these women, if they're widowed, they have their husband's money. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, there, there's these women with all this money. Mm-hmm. Like, that can't happen. We yeah. can't have that. So people wanted these women killed in order to gain their inheritance. Mm-hmm. So that's well, one theory. That's logical, I yeah. think. Yeah. And then there's the idea of people are just gravitate towards money. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's kind yeah. of, that's related to wanting to kill these women to get mm-hmm. their husband's inheritance. So I mentioned earlier that there was the idea that the Catholic Church was fighting with the Knights Templar. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind this was that they were after the Knights Templar's money. Mm -hmm. And so it can be compared to this idea of men wanting to acquire these women's inheritance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't deserve the money. We deserve the money. Right. strong men of the community. Right. (laughs) Men. Men. So a couple theories here. Mm -hmm. So, theory one. So, in an effort to explain scientific means of the strange affliction suffered by those bewitched Mm -hmm. Salem residents in 1692, a study was published in Science Magazine in 1976, cited that the fungus ergot, which is found in rye, wheat, and other cereals, and so toxicologists say that this can cause symptoms such as delusions, vomiting, and muscle spasms. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of symptoms that the women who were accused who were accusing other women of this had yeah and just to give you an idea 
this fungus has the same reaction as if somebody took LSD. So, again, convulsions, hallucinations, Mm -hmm. things like that. The problem with this theory is the idea that they wouldn't have eaten rye bread unless there was a food shortage. And historians have gone back to look at what was going on during this time, and they discovered that there was no food food shortage. I always want to say food shortage. <laughs> food shortage. So there would be no reason for them to eat the rye bread. Mm. Okay. Plus, nobody else in town was experiencing these symptoms. Yeah, only these select girls. Right. So if there was a shortage of food, mm-hmm. everyone would be eating this bread. Yeah. So theory two connects to the idea of mass hysteria. Mass conversion disorder um, is connected to hysteria. Mm -hmm. So conversion disorder is the idea that psychological symptoms get expressed as physical ones or a cluster of physical ones. Mm -hmm. So individuals with this mental disorder are not faking or malingering their symptoms. They truly believe that they have a physical ailment and that they don't realize that it's actually a psychological problem. So that's like they tell us that if somebody comes in and you suspect that they have conversion disorder you have to refer them to a medical mm-hmm. professional to see if there is actually something physical yeah, going on. Rule everything out. Right. Um so conversion disorder is very very rare in an individual, but mass conversion is even more rare, mm-hmm. but it's not impossible and it can occur in groups of people who go through trauma and stressful events. Yeah. And like we've repeatedly said this entire podcast, there was a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to the conversion disorder, these girls were complaining that who were claiming these things were getting tons of attention, which feeds into the idea that they just loved the attention mm-hmm. and that like, ooh, like we can get stuff out of yeah. this. Or they really thought, like, something was wrong, Mm -hmm. and the more validation they got from it, the more they thought something was wrong. Yeah. They're like, oh, everyone believes, like, that they're witches, so it must be true that they did that to us. Right. So, the third theory is the idea that the girls were actually faking this, and they were just making it up and just wanting the attention Mm -hmm. or wanting to get people killed for whatever reason, revenge, or maybe they don't like these people. How it's portrayed in the crucible, like right. how they're saying they just, they're faking it. Right. Yeah. And so this is connected to the idea of fictitious disorder or malingering, which if you remember when we talked about Beverly Allett, which I believe is episode eight, mm-hmm. she had fictitious disorder by proxy, which mm-hmm. means you p- oppose it onto somebody else, mm-hmm. where like they were just doing it for themselves. Yeah. So that would be considered fictitious disorder. And then they were also talking about in the podcast, which is a really good point, which is what we already talked about, was if you don't like somebody, here's an easy fix. I'll just accuse them of witchcraft and then they'll get killed or put in jail or Mm -hmm. something like that. So I can't imagine that that wasn't a factor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like it was too easy to get someone out of your life that you didn't want anymore. Right. And this isn't really connected to psychology itself. It's more connected to kind of like the laws and the courts now and stuff. And you brought it Mm -hmm. up when you said they couldn't use like that spectral evidence. Yeah. So that was, I think, the last time that that kind of stuff was allowed. Mm -hmm. So something good, even though lots of people died and got accused of this and there was that mass hysteria and fear, Mm -hmm. at least now we can't go into court and be like... I had a dream that this guy was going to kill me. Can yeah. you please arrest You know what I mean? Yeah. There has to be sufficient evidence. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just crazy to think that that was a thing even back mm-hmm. then that like 
You yeah. could say, I had a vision or I had a yeah. dream. Like, because you they, say that now, they'd be like, I don't care right. <laughs> what you dreamt. Right. Because, like, you know, they had some sort of idea that you needed some sort of evidence. Mm-hmm. Except for all this. Yeah. And they're like, you can't just say you thought that they right. came to you. Right. In, like, this weird form that was a yeah. shadow or whatever. Right. So. Yeah. That's that's the Salem witch trials. <laughs> it's good. That's it's fun to like actually do research mm-hmm. on. I didn't know about or, all that stuff in Europe. Yeah, I didn't either. And I just and I knew from learning about it in high school, which is years and years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so knowing about you know doing research now and like understanding it and understanding like more of the court terminology yeah. and all that was interesting. Yeah, it was good. Good, good pick. Thank you. Good out of the box. Thank you. Pick. Thank you. <laughs> we should have done it in October. Yeah. But we weren't <laughs> podcasting then. But I mean, we could have waited so. until October. <laughs> that's a long ways away. Yeah. I mean, it'll come fast, but... It feels long. That'll be like how many episodes in? That'll be like 30. <laughs> like, yeah. How many weeks is that? Yeah, that'll it's be fine. a long time. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. That, that on Halloween will just... Play Hocus Pocus audio. Okay. The whole, the Just whole copyright episode. infringement, the whole thing. Yeah. Sound good? Yes. <laughs> it does. That's what we're going to do. Or you can dress up as Hocus Pocus characters. So nobody can guess. see us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take a picture. Show our faces. <laughs> One day. One Maybe. day. Maybe. When we're famous, that will happen. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> could be like Hannah Montana. Yeah, exactly. You don't know. I need a witch to make me blonde. Yeah. <laughs> blonde? How did they do I that? Go, I, I was like sitting here like, they didn't have box hair dye back then. How'd she get her hair blonde? <laughs> yeah, it's true. They didn't get dyed their hair. She's a witch. All natural. She's a witch. Witch. Well. Do you um, know what you're doing next week? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> I probably won't know till Wednesday. <laughs> No, no, no. I need more time than that. <laughs> yeah, I'll think. I'll think. I'll think. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please follow us on Instagram at Alati Murder and email us with literally any comments or anything like that. If you believe that if you these were witches. <laughs> Sorry, when I was at work day, I work at a gym. And the uh, it's not a typical gym where you can go in and work out. You like you have to sign up for the workout classes. And the coach today that he just had that random share song <laughs> on his playlist now. And I took the morning class, and in my head I'm thinking, I don't want to work out to share. Share <laughs> is not a workout. If it just went from like rap to that, it was like it he had like so rap, funny. and then like old Justin yeah. Bieber, like Never <laughs> Say Never Justin Bieber, yeah. and then believe by share and i'm like doing i think i was doing burpees and i'm like you know what i don't want to do burpees to <laughs> believe by share i would just be dancing this is then. not hyping me up so this song has been in my head all day it's a good song just you so you should listen to it on the way home from now get you out of believe life after love. <laughs> also also if you have not seen or heard the adam lambert version I don't know. He sings it, like, in front of Cher, and mm. it's, like, he's good. Yeah, I mean, he's a good singer. He's I, good. I probably have heard it. I just can't think of it right now. Yeah, listen to it. It's really I'll good. It. He's so underrated, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, say our email. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Us singing Cher. <laughs> yeah. 
Send us an email at alattemurder at gmail.com. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys next week. Yep. See you, See you later. later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.